In ancient times, men would set aside personal comfort and strive to live a life of dedication to a higher cause. These Nazarites would resist sin and call others into a life of holiness, and they'd let their beards grow long as they grew in virtue. So in honor of these great men, each November, a bunch of guys started getting together online and focusing on growing in virtue and growing out their beards. Well, now, for the second year in a row, we are also gathering as women to get a taste of the Nazarite life this November. We're going to focus on growing in community, growing in virtue, and letting a little bit of vanity go by sacrificing one aspect of our personal grooming for the month of November. This year, we launched a podcast for the Nazarite Challenge, this podcast, Virtue Riot. My name is Jill Simons, and I'm excited to have myself and some of my favorite people share their reflections on the cardinal virtues with you. But before we dive into the cardinal virtues, we're going to take a couple of days to talk about what virtue is and how we live virtuously. So for the first three days, we have Cameron Thompson of the Virtuous Leadership Institute breaking open how we do just that. This is Dr. Cameron Thompson. I'm a moral psychologist, author, and president of the Virtuous Leadership Institute. So virtues are a way of living excellently. That's the habits and the strengths that we acquire, deeply seated dispositional traits acquired by habits. What is the goal of the virtuous life? What is, what is virtue driving us towards? What is virtue, our development of the virtues, allowing us to do? The goal of virtue of the virtuous life is to live a good life. So somebody who is virtuous, a virtuous human being, is somebody who is excellent at being a human being. You see, the virtues make us more who we are, not less who we are. And so when we begin to think about striving to develop virtue, to become more virtuous, we're not overcoming our human nature so much as more fully becoming our human nature. And the goal of virtue, as it was, has been classically identified, is evdimonia, or eudaimonia, which is human flourishing, human flourishing, becoming more human, the way that we are meant to be. And it's not just in some generic sense that I more perfectly instantiate human nature, although this is true. Because we are unique and individual persons, we instantiate the human nature in a particular way. We, each one of us has a personal identity. So that to the degree that I become more virtuous, I become more human, I also become more fully myself, really more fully authentic. So that is to say, if we use what the, the real meaning of the word authentic is, that's to say self-possessed, to become more fully integrated in who I am. So the virtues shape who we become not to become something other than what we fully are, but the virtues actually shape us. These habits that we acquire shape us to become who we truly are meant to be, who we truly, really, at the end of the day, are made to be in the sight of God, who God has in mind for each one of us to become. This really shapes our identity. It's a way of being that allows a beautiful unity of life. So when we live virtuously, we're no longer having to live by rules, that are outside of ourselves. It's a fundamental difference between rules-based ethics and virtue ethics. Ethics meaning the sort of the principles that, that shape the way you live. Is that rules are something outside of yourself. You try and conform yourself to artificial standards. Uh, and rules have their rules have their place. Rules are like what you know rules are like the the bumpers in the gutter that allow me to ever get strikes in bowling is that rules are there to help get something 
moving the direction it's supposed to be moving and not get sidetracked. Rules have that function, uh, especially when we're younger. Little kids need rules to begin to learn how to behave well. And behaving well isn't, isn't the standard for behaving well isn't by conformity to the rules. On the contrary, the rules are there to be like guidelines, guide points to help you live in accordance with what is best for, best for human flourishing, was actually going to lead to, to living a holistic life conducive to becoming who you are meant to be, to becoming who you really are. And so, so the rules are something external. And when we live by rules, it often can divide our life. We think in different compartments, right? Well, I've got these ethical standards here and these professional standards over here, but in my family life, it's this. No, not so with virtue. When we're living according to virtue, the virtues have an interior dynamism because they're working from within us. It's something that, like I said previously, it's a strength that we acquire. It's excellence at being a human being. It's excellence at being who I really am. And so when we develop the virtues, it grants this unity to our life so that there's no compartmentalization that says I behave well over here because I'm behaving according to the rules of this context, say my professional workplace, but I behave differently in my family life or out on the sports field or in the shopping mall. No, when I develop virtue, this, there's this integrity of life that binds all these aspects of my life together and I behave with consistency. That's not to say I behave exactly the same in every context. You're always behaving according to the circumstances. You wouldn't behave the same way in church as you would on the sports field, as you would, um, I don't know, at the beach, right? You're different. You're going to behave slightly differently. You're going to dress differently and so on because the context and the circumstances are different. But you're going to behave rightly in either case, in any, in any circumstances. So developing the virtues is, in human life, analogous to being a piano virtuoso. Uh, you know, somebody who's in a concert pianist has been practicing their whole life. They can play the piano excellently so that they can walk onto the stage, sit down at the piano, and it just flows from their fingertips. They're fully engaged. The, the concert pianist is fully engaged in what he or she is doing, fully engaged in the music, interacting and engaging with the instrument before them, and the music flows from them. They're not absent-mindedly doing it, merely because it, simply because it comes out of them by habit, but they're actively engaged in it. But it flows from them as second nature. And in that same way, developing the virtues allows us to have that unity of life, to live excellently uh, in, the, in, the, in a similar way to the, the piano virtuoso who sits down and engages with the piano and things just flow naturally and it's beautiful and harmonious music. The same can be done with our lives when we develop the virtues. Thank you, Cameron, for calling us to a life of virtue. Now it's your turn to get involved. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's reflection, I encourage you to head over to our Facebook group. And if you haven't visited the group yet, you can find the link in the show notes. If you want to find out more about Cameron's ministry, you can head over to virtuousleadership.org or check out the show notes. We want to thank our sponsors for the Virtue Riot and the Nazarite Challenge, Catholic Balm Co., Pink Salt Riot, eCatholic, and the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. For more information about all of their work, please check out the show notes or visit nazaritechallenge.com. The best way to help people find out about this Nazarite Challenge and this podcast, Virtue Riot, is to share the challenge page on social media or to rate and review this show on iTunes. 
And if you rate and review this podcast for this month only, you'll be entered into a chance to win a year's worth of free products from Pink Salt Riot, which you want to win. Until next time, ladies, remember to step out, act up, and start a virtue riot.